Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Nah. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18, that's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 Happy Friday, everybody out there in Radio Land here on Sirius XM Channel 145, Slam Radio. It's another two-hour episode of the Kang Gang Show. As always, I'm your boy, DC. On the flip is the J-Man and the Dirty Bird. And we have a special, special guest today joining the Kang Gang Show. And when we say the word Kane, this dude is a Kane. He is all Kane. He's number 5'3", Mr. Zach McLeod. Zach, how you doing out there today, buddy? Good, I'm good. Blessed and happy to be here. I mean, I appreciate you jumping on the Kang Gang show. Uh, it's always good to, for me personally, always good to get to chop it up with you, man. You know, you're one of my, my boys and come to know you as a freshman, man. And uh, we just kind of built a good relationship and uh, always good talking to you. Yeah, man, it's been nice, a nice 10 years. Dude, listen, I was literally going to call you <laughs> Scott Passion Jr., but I didn't want to go there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Zach, let me let me ask you a couple questions. Coming out of high school, four-star recruit out of Santa Lucia, so over there in Palm Beach, uh, Palm Beach County, um, there was a lot of you know. For me, I was wondering because obviously you had the coaching transition between you know Al Golden D'Onofrio into Mark Rick um, yep. in a new DC. What was your take as far as when you saw everything unfolding? What made you honor that commitment to stay at the University of Miami? Ah, uh, well. Uh, coach Rick was really the he was the first coach to to give me an offer in the first place, um, but you know more than anything it was it was Shaq and Mike you know hit my phone up and we was all just staying in conversation about things and just I, I didn't have that family aspect with any other type of any other recruit or any other school you know just immediately immediately I felt like I was already belonging to a family here and it was before I even really got a chance to be on campus and, and see what it was really about so. Um, that's what it was for me. You know, you, you brought up two names that, again, I was going to kind of lead into my next question, you know, Shaq and Mike. I mean, obviously those are your brothers forever, you know what I mean? But what, what did it mean or how did it feel just to not just even personally being a friend, a friend with them, but just to play alongside them? I mean, those are two of the dudes, two of the hardest working dudes that, that you'll meet, you know what I'm saying? And they come to work um, every day and for, you know, for anybody who does anything, but especially when it comes to the game, you have a lot of respect for the guys who, who can do it day in and day out. You know, they never waver in terms of their effort. Um, and, you know, people might have whatever to say about, you know, everybody has their own opinions about different people on the team and whatnot, but I knew every day what I was going to get from those two. And it just meant so much more um, being around guys who had that level of competitiveness. You know, being a freshman playing alongside with, you know, Pinkney and Shaq, you know, um, when I first saw you guys up there at Oxbridge, you know, you guys came up for like the spring game yeah. and uh, it kind of brought me back to the days of the Jesse Armstead, Michael Barrow, 
and uh, Darren Smith, you know, not that you guys can, not, not that the people can compare you three to those three, but it was almost like that was that same feeling. You know, we're getting these three freshmen coming in. They're going to bond together. They're going to play together. They're going to go out together, you know, and again, being at the University of Miami, like there's just something about putting that you on the side of your head, you know, and what did that mean? What is that? How does that resonate knowing that you put that you and you wear that thing proudly? Man, this, I mean, that's something that I grew up with. You know what I'm saying? My, my dad's a big Hurricanes fan. And, I, I, you know, I know he, he would have been a fan of whatever school I ended up deciding to go to. But just being raised in a household where, you know, that's, that's what we preached. That's what he talked about. You know, he, was, uh, he grew up in Miami. And, uh, you know, my mom went to Florida State. Man, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's just, it's just one of those things. It's like growing up just – it's, it's, it's as a part of me as, as my faith in God. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just, they go alongside each other. It's one of those things that I was just raised, raised on, um, you know, for that, for me to be able to carry that on into my adult life and, and be a part of that, you know, that's something that I can't even really put into words too well. Right, right. You know, and going through your sophomore year and stuff, you know, you had that elbow injury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, but again, you played through that, you know, you had a big old, big old contraption on the side of your elbow. Yeah. <laughs> was that, was that uncomfortable playing with that thing? That was terrible. First, I, so for one, the injury itself was, was bad. It ended up uh, sidelining me for the rest of that game. It was against Georgia Tech. Um, but just the brace itself, it, like my arm had no blood going to it. It was wrapped up under the brace. So my hand was numb, you know what I'm saying? All throughout the game, I'm trying to loosen it up when I'm on the sideline and stuff. I can't bend my arm. I can't run right. The little Velcro was getting stuck to my jersey, all that look. But when you're playing, you know, you don't really care about it. Just in hindsight, it was really um, – I'm not – I wouldn't go for it again, put it like that. Well, let me ask you about, about a couple things. Can you give us your most memorable game at the University of Miami? Notre Dame. Notre Dame, sophomore year. Uh, with all that hype in that game and, you know, all the things that – you know, what was real different about that game, the way uh, – the way we talked about that team in the meeting, you know, we, we, it was like, it was almost a joke. Not like we were taking them lightly, but it was like, you know, coaches came in, players came in and people was like, you know, y'all going to get whooped by Notre Dame, but in a challenging way, and, you know, cause they knew that we didn't feel that way. Um, right. it was, you know, but we were, we weren't looked at as, uh, we were going to like, like that game was not supposed to happen the way it happened. You know what I'm saying? But in our hearts and our minds, we felt like that's the team that we were, supposed to be that day and that's what was going to happen so you know just it was it, the energy was crazy um I remember dudes was calling out plays I told Trajan I'm gonna tell this story till I die I told Trajan like the, the series before he got that pick I told him it was going to happen and I told him what the play call was going to be and everything it happened just like that so uh, <laughs> man now you're psychic <laughs> yeah, you know, I, listen I got it in me I could you'd be surprised when I call out in these games I'm trying to tell you but um yeah, that, that had to be the, the biggest one for me, the most memorable for me. All right, so that's your most memorable game. What about your most memorable play? Most memorable play? Um, I'm going to take it back to freshman year. We, I think it was maybe like the second or third game we had App State. And it wasn't even like I – oh, no. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you a second answer for this one. But that's fine. Give me two of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was – I didn't like make the play. It was just the, quarter, the quarterback was reading me. He handed the ball off, but – you knew that this quarterback was a runner. And uh, I just remember in the meetings being told, like, whether he keeps the ball or doesn't keep the ball, hit him. 
I don't know if you remember the play, but I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the one, I, I, I'm gonna take it back to Georgia Tech. We had a play. It was like I was like a, I was almost like a, a DN standing up. Um, I think the dude on the other side might have been Joe Jack or somebody. Uh, but I was basically playing like a DN on this play, and I just I was throwing people all over to the side and stuff. And I remember I think Shaq was supposed to come up and make the tackle. You can see he was confused on film. Cause I ended up throwing all these people to the side. I was supposed to clear it up for him to make the play, and then I made the play, and he just looked like, "What happened?" You <laughs> pat me on the back and kept it moving. <laughs> you know, a lot of lot of good memories out here, though. Well, well, speaking of a lot of memories, let me uh, let me ask you this. So, obviously, this year of COVID kind of you know put a lot of things in perspective. The NCAA kind of kind of granted you know another year of eligibility. Um, bunch of guys, including yourself, decide to quote unquote run it back. Um, what was your what was your reasoning for deciding to come back again um, to take advantage of that extra year of eligibility? Well, for that's a lot. That's a lot that went into it. But for one, um, the year before, you know, spring got cut short. We got into like three spring, three or four spring practices, maybe got to practice in pads once. No scrimmages, no nothing like that. Um, COVID kind of messed up camp as well. You know, we, we had camp, but it wasn't the regular camp. So um, my just my experience getting to play, you know, the position and trying to try to try to learn everything, it just – it was it was cut short. I did I got like the the free version of the, the you know I need to get the extended trial. I need to get the full membership. I never got that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that was one thing. Um, and I, I knew I knew I had so much to improve on, and that's that's for anybody at all times. You know, even the greatest players are gonna take. You know, they had things to improve on. That's how they got there. But um, you know, I just knew physically, mentally, just so many things, so many areas I could develop. And I was given a chance and, you know, I'm a gut feeling kind of guy and I just had a gut feeling about this one. Um, you know, I had some things that I needed to heal up and whatnot. And I just felt like it, this was a, this was like a blessing that came down this opportunity. So taking full advantage of it. So Zach, I, I have a quick question for you uh, concerning coach Manny Diaz. Um, you know, as, as you know, fans can sometimes be uh, negative, right? <laughs> and, and so there's a lot of opinions that get shared about Manny. There's a lot of positive and, uh, and you know, there's some negative opinions that get shared too. Um, but my question for you is that, that people, like people within the organization, people that interact with Coach Diaz on a personal basis, they always tend to believe in the guy. You know, I, I, we heard a, a, an interview with, with Traveris Robinson the other day, you know, Coach T-Rob, that he was saying, like, after he talked to Manny, he knew he had to come to Miami. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, and, and you see multiple players that come here, whether it's recruiting or the transfer portal. Um, and so my question for you is, is, would you mind explaining that to us? Like, what is it about Coach Diaz that makes him instill so much confidence in those that are around him? Uh, you know, for me, I've had a lot of experience with him um, over the years, and I can say confidently he's one of those people. I don't know if you ever heard somebody say it's not what you do, but it's why you do what you do. He's one of those people that just exemplify that all the way. Um, he speaks with so much conviction, and you know, it's it's everything everything that comes out of his mouth in terms of you know, I, at least when it comes to me or anybody else in the program, 
has so much impact and so much meaning to it. You know, it, it just feels like there's so much wisdom and knowledge coming out of him. Um, and you could tell he really has his, the confidence starts with him. You know, if he wasn't confident in himself, then we wouldn't be, we wouldn't ride behind him the way that we do. Um, and that's, that's true of any leader. All the greatest leaders were fully believing and passionate in everything that they were saying. And he's just one of those people. Um, he'll never lead you wrong. He's just, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him. So when you get somebody like that at the head of the program, it's just natural that people are going to want to follow suit. Right. That makes, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. You know, Zach, I know we're, we're, we got about five more minutes. We don't want to keep it too much longer, but you know, your change of position going from linebacker to a D end. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously you have the size as far as height, you know, you're probably rocking 235, 240 probably right now. Is your ideal weight no, to stay on the, um, to be about 260, 265 and play D end that way? Yeah, I, I want to be as big as I can be and move fast, you know, and, and be strong and powerful. Um, I don't want to gain the wrong kind of weight. So we're kind of, you know, taking the time. I, I, I missed the game because of COVID after then. I went down to 220, not on purpose, but, you know, I had to work back up from that. So now I'm getting back around to the 235, 240 range. We're just going to keep building on muscle, you know, working yeah. on mobility and getting right in those in, in, uh, in every physical way that I can uh, so that way I can perform the best when it comes time for the mental side of the game to take over. Right. Well, I know we're excited to see you, you know, playing that DN because even watching you in the bowl game, like you were there, you know, like the, the quickness off the ball is definitely there. And I think just the yeah. more like now with Jess Simpson coming in, maybe technique, a little bit of training, I, I think you're going to just do wonders on that DN. Man, I can't wait. I mean, <laughs> to put, just to put, to put it in perspective, I didn't have – that decision was not made like in the game plan. It wasn't like, oh, first day of practice for this game, let's do that. I had practiced that linebacker all throughout the week uh, before the game. And then I think we made it like, it was like a joke in the linebacker room during the meetings. I was like, they were like, oh man, you can't do that. I'm like, man, I'll really go out there and do that. That DN stuff, those stunts or whatnot. And then, you know, there people like kind of lit up and they're like, really? And I, I think that day was my first day taking a couple of reps, but that was my last day in pads. That was our last day in pads. So I had a, couple more practices with just no pads, kind of to talk about just playing the technique and everything, but didn't really get the DN feel. So that game was really my first practice that DN. Um, but I'm so excited just to get out there. It just, it feels so good. It's like, I'm, I feel like I'm back at home playing DN, honestly. There you go. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. So, well, go ahead, Jay. Zach, what are you most excited for about this upcoming season, man? Like, like you've, you've been here for, for what, uh, this this is going to be your sixth season now. This so, my sixth so season. what is it that you're passionate about right now, going into this coming year? I feel like you know, last every every year we focus on something, an issue that the team has, um, that we just retrospectively were able to see and, and start to kind of pick away at and work on. And every year we hit it on the head. Like there's there's no question that the things that we challenge ourselves to do as a team, in terms of how we operate and the way we deal with each other and how we go about practice, whatever it may be. Um, Diaz might break it down to a single word and it, it could be connection or it could be, you know, whatever it could be. Um, and we hammer that every single time. And every year the pieces have been just kind of stacking up, you know, the deposits are being made every year. And I think we're finally, he's, he's building a program. That's another reason why people trust him so much and ride behind him so much. They can see that he's building a program. He has a plan, but I'm just, I'm just so excited to see this next part of the plan. You know, the place has changed so much already from my first, my first year or two. Um, 
but it's just changing rapidly under his leadership. And I'm just really just excited to be a part of this journey um, and, and, and to watch everybody grow and develop to be better players. So, well, speaking of, speaking of rapidly, um, we're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions because uh, I know we only got a couple minutes left here before we have to go to break. So we're going to hit you some rapid fire. Um, give, give you a couple of answers. You just, you spit out your answer. Um, you ready? Yep. Twitter or IG? I, uh, Twitter. <laughs> Chick-fil-A or Popeyes? Popeyes. Apple or Android? Apple. Golden or Rick? <laughs> yeah, I ain't been answer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't have to answer that one, man. Like, we hit uh, Luke with like last last week. We hit we hit Luke with like Duke Johnson or Devonte Freeman. He wouldn't answer that one either. So, <laughs> um, Palm Beach, Broward, or Dade? Palm Beach. Oh, you gonna rep that five six one? Listen, I'd be a liar if I said anything else. Come on. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> All right. Favorite fan. You gotta be. You already know. Nah. Hey, slip that hey, one in there. Hey, don't don't let my pops don't let my pops hear that though. <laughs> nah, you, you already know, man. You're <laughs> man. Joy, J man, how are we looking on time? Um, unfortunately, we got to wrap up here in just a few seconds, but uh, I think we have time for one more rapid fire if you got one. Bird, I know you have something. Well, no, with the Super Bowl coming up, I got to ask him, Brady or Mahomes? You don't really bet against the GOAT, dog. But no doubt. Mahomes? <laughs> hey, you can't do that to me. It's too late at night for me to answer that. <laughs> well, Bird, you should have asked him what the original question you were going to ask him. Shaq or Pinkney? <laughs> We decided not to do that one to you, man. We knew that one was even tough. Look, he's looking. He's thinking we about it. We see him on the Zoom. He don't even want to look, man. Cut the show. Cut the mic off. <laughs> hey, we we asked Mike Jack the same thing. You know what he said? He had to say Pinkney because he's because he's with the Patriots with him, right? Yeah, now. I knew he said that. I know. And I know he, he knew Pinkney would never let him live it down if he said uh, if he said hey, Shaq. So I can't pick a favorite a favorite kid, man. Just say two hundred two, and we already know what that means. Two hundred two already. <laughs> J man, go ahead and take us a break, Zach. I mean, just hang, hang out right there, and then zoom with us, and uh, we'll be right back. You guys oh, are sure. listening to Kane Gang Radio. We got Zach McLeod here. Uh, wonderful first segment of our show. Um, we're here on Sirius XM Radio Channel One Four Five Slam Radio. We'll catch you in just a moment. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker every. What's up? This is Gronk, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at AmericaLet'sDoLunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to Kane Gang Radio. We are back for our second segment. We have an amazing guest, uh, current linebacker D-end for the Miami Hurricanes, Zach McLeod. Zach, thanks so much for coming back with us for a second segment. Um, so we had a few more things that we wanted to get into, uh, more on the personal side of, uh, of what you do at University of Miami. Co, what you got for us, man? So, Zach, I mean, obviously everybody knows you as, you know, 5'3", you know, I know you as my dog who comes to the tunnel and, and hooks me up and, you know, we handshake, we clap it. You want to try to throw the helmet up in the stands? Like, you know, that's how I know you. <laughs> hey, let, me, let, me share, let me share a funny story. So this year, right, you know, we were sitting, sitting all over the place. Usually Coe's religious in the same spot. Right. And uh, I, can't, I can't remember which game it was. I think it might have been the Virginia game. Either way, oh, it's we irrelevant. Club we were, level, right? we yeah, club we, level? we were up in the club level, right? And, uh, and at the end of the game, you know, everybody's used to him being down in the tunnel, and all you hear is, Zach, Zach. And Zach hears him and knows his voice. He's looking around. He, like, scans, like, the whole lower bowl. And then finally he catches him. He catches him up in the 200 level, and he sees him. And Coach throws his arm up, like, what's up, baby? And then Zach goes, like, he's going to throw his helmet all the way up there, man. I'm like, man, that's ridiculous. got to do it, Wendy. Bro, you already know I'll be. Yeah, I'm just running to hit somebody. That's going to be my last game. Listen, that's why when we go back to normalcy, when I'm in row one, if, like that helmet just can creep right there. Ain't nobody going to know about it but me. <laughs> I'm just telling them I'm not on the field. Oh, you already know. Listen, yeah. I'll, I'll holler at Dave or Sam or somebody like, nah, dog, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so Zach, talk to me a little bit about the – like I know you mentor and you do a lot of things in the community. Talk to me about the mentorship that you have with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Um, that was something that was originally a part of my, I mean, not that specifically, but I had to do something like that for a graduation uh, requirement. I had to do an internship somewhere with, with whatever type of nonprofit organization or anything I could find. And that was the one that resonated most with me. Um, you know, I think mentorship and, you know, just leading the youth is really important because it starts with them. The changes that we want to see, everything, it starts with them. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, I grew up and see it, you know, met a lot of different players and whatnot and, and been around a lot of guys who had the opportunity to be, you know, live out the dreams that they, that they had that we talked about, you know, coming up. Um, and for one, other, for one reason or another, things kind of fell short. And I feel like leadership and, and mentorship would have been the difference in a lot of those guys' lives. And so I feel like that was something that I needed growing up, and that's why I'm here right now. Um, and if I can provide that and just pay it forward to somebody else, and um, that's just something that I'm passionate about. 
Yeah, that's exciting, man. Um, and I know you do other stuff too, uh, Student Athlete Advisory Council. Um, what are some of the other things that, you, that you're a part of as far as community work or through the, the university itself? Well, it gets tough, you know, with, with all the restrictions right now and the things that uh, we're not allowed to do just to keep everybody safe. But uh, just anything, you know, when I was a part of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, um, just being a part of the community service executive board. And that was just mainly just me, you know, going out trying to figure out different opportunities for us to do for, for community service. And um, we would have meetings and, and check in and get everybody's opinions on what we could do better and um, competing for those types of things and really make it a competition thing with other teams. Who gets the most hours, who has the biggest effect on their community. And I, I think um, we all love it so much because of what we can do for the community. These people love us. Uh, they love the brand. They love the school. You know, uh, my family is real passionate about the school. So I know if I could help other people like that, you know, why, why wouldn't I do that if I'm in these, in these shoes right now? You know, I love your family. Like your mom and dad and sister, like they've, they've welcomed me with like open arms from like day mm -hmm. one, man. Like I look forward to seeing them, like especially at Cane Walk. You know, obviously, you know, I'm there like an hour before everybody else because yeah, yeah. I have to have my, my one spot. But then, you know, here comes mom, here comes dad. Mom usually, you know, continues to walk and through. She usually goes over to the restroom or whatever, and then, then she yeah, finally yeah. comes back. And, you know, so, um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I've built a, a great relationship with, with your family, man. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really, really good people. What is your end goal, per se, after college? Obviously, being an athlete, um, you know, playing football, probably, you know, Pee Wee and, you know, Pop mm -hmm. Warner and, going through high school and now into college, I would assume the, the end goal would, Hey, you know, give me a shot at the league, you know, let, let me get a shot there. But right. is that the satisfaction or is that the gratification you're looking for? Or what, what are you looking to do after you finish college? I mean, there, there, I'm still trying to figure out really, you know, sounds cliche, but like my purpose, my role in life, what, what it is that, that God wants me to do. Um, I know that I have a, I have a passion for leadership. I have a passion for this game. Um, coaching could be in the cars one day in the future. I hadn't really set my mind on it, but I see, you know, just even when I go around and I've been able to coach a couple of little league teams and it all just kind of really fits with my personality. You know, right. I get a little crazy sometimes the way these coaches do. It's, it's all the same, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the map. I don't have the, the destination yet. Or I don't have the, 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 the way to get to the destination yet, but I know at the end of it all, I want to be able to provide for my family like any man does. Um, I want to find, you know, what, what really fills me in life and, and, and make money doing it. So we'll see what, how, that, how that ends up. On a personal level, hold on, J.J., man, let me ask you a, just a quick question. On a personal level, you got a girlfriend. No, nah, man. I wish, man. It's tough out here. <laughs> tough out here, dog. <laughs> I, remember, I remember at one point you did. Yeah, yeah, man. That's, she's, she's, she's a special person. Um, we, we, right now, we're just not together. Well, well, listen, if it works out, it works out. I mean, obviously, friendship is better than, than like, that friendship is a relationship, whether or not it be a boyfriend-girlfriend. But, again, a friendship is still a relationship. And, you yeah. know, again, friendships go a long way. Like like me, like, I hope our friendship lasts a long time, dog, because, like, if you do decide to go to the league, bro, I'm going to be going right to the game and be yelling, Zach! <laughs> Zach! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Zach, I – Three, five, three. <laughs> hey, it wouldn't be a game without it. Oh, you already know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I enjoy hearing you talk about leadership and, and you know, like, like you, you mentioned molding the, uh, the minds of young men, right? Yeah. 
um, and, and the future. Well, so you've had the opportunity to, to be around some, you know, some really, uh, I guess, successful, passionate coaches. I mean, you spoke towards Manny Diaz's leadership earlier. Um, you know, you, you uh, played under Mark Richt, who I would say is, is one of the more legendary coaches of this last generation, you know, the last 20, right. 25 years. Um, what are some of the most important things that you've learned from some of these men? Uh, and, and I'm not even talking football. Like it can just be about being a man, being a, a good human, um, and just, you know, becoming a better person. Uh, one of the biggest lessons for me has to be, and it's just so simple, just control what you can control. Um, and you hear it a lot, you hear it applied different ways, you know, coaches bring it up pretty often, but it's, it's, it's simple, but it's so, it's lost on a lot of people. Um, and it's a great way to go about, you know, not letting situations in life dominate you or, or dominate your thoughts and get you down just because so many things are not in our control. And if something's in your control and you're letting it bother you, change it. You know, it's, it's empowering, but it's, it's learning to let things go that, you know, aren't, that are, you know, are no good for us to be worrying about. So that's, that's one thing, but just in general, just the attitude, the way, the way they go about life, the way they attack things um, is, there's a certain like passion for life and just passion for achieving things. And you just, you get that charged up type of feeling from being around those kinds of people. And uh, I hope to be that kind of man, but it's just, just being a, a viewer of that and being so close to it. Um, there are so many things that I've taken upon it just from watching and observing the behavior. Wow. That's great. So Zach, let me ask real quick as well. And you know, I know one thing from, from us knowing you, man, you're, you're not like an excuse guy and everything. And, no. you know, last year there was, you know, there was some, some, some times where the, the defenses struggled. Right. But no, I was yeah. I mean, but I mean, at the same time, you know, I mean, there's some rumors going around too that you're playing with some injuries. I mean, you know, can you maybe kind of shed some light a little bit on, on, on how you were last year physically and how you were kind of holding up through the year? I'll put it like this, because uh, I don't even know what I'm allowed to say or what I'm not allowed to say, but after, i say about halfway through the Louisville game would have been a, a really good point for me to to slow it down, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I was playing with some things that, I, for one, I didn't even want to get checked out because I was scared about what the outcome of that was going to be and, and um, how that was going to impact the season. And, and I honestly was happier just playing through the pain, not knowing. Um, and then finding it out after the season. Um, that's, you know, kind of ignorant. That didn't, that didn't bit me a couple times. But for, for the most part, um, I'm okay with that decision. And, and I'm here now because of it. So um, well, We appreciate you putting that hard. We appreciate oh, yeah. you putting that hard on the field, man. But rest Absolutely. assured, man. Absolutely, man. Got to, man. That's the only way I know how to do it. Well, you, uh, you know, again, we talk about leadership, right? And I think – like one of my favorite phrases is coming from like, remember the Titans, you know, attitude reflects leadership, right? You can have someone, you know, maybe in your situation who maybe had, you know, a little injury or had something going on, but you, you, you played through it, you know, and the younger guys can see that and says, you know what, look, man, a five, three, who maybe be a little bit banged up, but he's still out there, you know, he's the warrior, he's out there playing, then there's no reason for me to, you know, kind of run scared with my tail to my legs and not go out there and play. So again, I think attitude reflects the leadership, right? And if you're willing to put yourself out there, you know, maybe a little banged up, that can lead, like, you know, set the example for the younger guys as well to look up to you. 
Absolutely. I mean, I can't tell them to do it if I'm not doing it, you know, so. Correct. Fraud. I'd be a fraud if I wasn't doing it myself. I'm I'm actually excited to see what's going to happen coming. You know, again, we have Alabama, right? We have Alabama. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, so you already know, like my hotel's booked. Like it's flights it's been books. booked. Flights are booked. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see. Like I always book a hotel, like just so I have it. I always kind of find out, kind of hopefully where the team hotel is, so I can kind of make my way to that hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Alabama, in about nine months. I like, again, with the guys that are returning, you look at King, hopefully, you know, coming through with the injury, you look at Jerry Williams, you look at Mike Harley, you know, you look at these guys at the side, you know, John Ford, like, you know, and the recruits that are coming in, the, the early enrollees who are already on campus trying to put that work in, whether it be in film room or the weight room with Feely, like, do you see the University of Miami? And again, I never say we're going to win anything, but do you see us in a situation to compete? Let me put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen anything else. Like, that's that's just my mindset. You take it back to high school. My senior year, we won two games. But you couldn't have told me before the game in the locker room we wasn't going to win them all. So I might be the wrong person to ask that question. That's just me. I'm going to go out there. And, and even down to, to the last seconds of the game, like, I'm on the sidelines. Like, bro, we're still in this. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? Regardless of how the game yeah. is going, wherever I was looking – it could be people fussing and fighting on the sideline. We could all be messing together. However things are going, that's just me. But um, I've had the opportunity to see the change, and I think this has given me some more – I'm able to be a little bit more realistic and, and understand um, what it takes a little bit more as we get closer to it. To it. You know, we, we're sniffing it, and we, we're trying to get – we're getting we're getting to it. But um, I think now, even if I wasn't that guy that always just believes in that way, you know, I would still be saying the same thing. I think we, we're putting ourselves in a really good chance, a good spot here to to, offer to, uh, to compete. Well, I got another question for you. And uh, so as one of the leaders of this team, what is your goal? What is your goal for the program this year? Like, like, and, and it can be something that you personally have, or it can be something that when you talk to other guys like De'Ara King, you know, some of the other guys in a leadership position on the team, like, what is it that you want the University of Miami to achieve this season? I mean, we want we we always want to win big trophies. That's that's the goal every year. But every team, every team when they play their first game of the season, that's what everybody says. So, for this team specifically, um, what was it that got us? Uh, I'd say just as hard as as hard as we can play, and as much you know, we, we're not we're not a, a group that quits, and we iron that out. Years ago, we started to work on that a while back, and it, it finally started to show. Um, but just as as connected as we are, we still we we fight like a family too sometimes, and that's not like not on some crazy stuff or something that you wouldn't see in another program. But we want to be better than every other program out there, so we have to learn when things get tough. You know what I'm saying? A little shaky. We have to we got to depend on each other, and um, you know we got we got a lot of big personalities on this team, and I think we'll be a lot better when we get all those personalities working in the same direction. Yeah. 100%. You know, Zach, uh, we appreciate you coming on here at the Ken Gang Show. Um, you know, I know you had school um, this week, and you're probably run down, and you're probably tired, but we're going to let you enjoy the rest of your Friday afternoon as we let you go. We do thank you so much for taking time 
to uh, just come chop it up with us, man. And, you know, as a host, you know, uh, one of the hosts on the show, anytime you want to come back on, man, like, dude, we would love to have you back on. Anytime. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming on and and sharing that insight with us. I I love, you know, having these good conversations and then publishing them for other fans to hear because it – it really does a lot to, to meet the people behind the helmet, you know? Yeah. And I think it makes us all appreciate the program and kind of, you know, the, the thing that bonds us together, right? Like, like right, you said, right. the university of Miami, it's right there with, with our most important held beliefs and values. So no doubt. Really, <laughs> Definitely for me. Get a chance to speak up, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I, for one, man, I can't wait to see you out there wreaking havoc at the defensive end <laughs> position next year, man. As soon as, as soon as I heard that news come up, I'm like, Oh man, that is such a great move, man. So we believe in you. We got your back, man. We can't wait to see big, big things from you on the field, man. Thank you, Absolutely, man. bro. Absolutely, bro. So uh, thank you guys for listening to King gang radio. We're about to take our second break here. Uh, we're just wrapping up with, with Zach McLeod, current Miami hurricane defensive end uh an amazing interview thank you again zach um we're here on sirius xm channel 145 slam radio we'll catch you in just a few moments hey look what i found a radio radio this is sirius xm 145 slam radio why was the basketball court all wet because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, it, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. See? That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. 
For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Kane Gang Radio here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Um, finished up the last segment with uh, number 5'3", Zach McLeod, University of Miami. New position, defense end, no longer linebacker, but that might change. Who knows? But joining the show now is a, another special guest, alumni, um, someone who was a, a blue chipper back in his days. Um, and before I even say that he didn't originally commit to Miami, but he ended up at Miami, that's a good thing. Number four, Earl Little. Earl Little, how you doing out there today, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty. That's, that's an interesting story right there about about why I didn't go at first. <laughs> well, and correct. And, and that's what I want people to understand. Like, I know the background. I know the story on why you ended up going to Michigan originally. But if you wouldn't mind, why don't you let people know out there? Because, again, I bet you a lot of Kane fans don't know why you actually went to Michigan first. Well, you know, um, when I came out, uh, I was their top recruit as far as defensive player. Daniel just broke a long record, rushing record in Miami. So, obviously, he was, he, he was, he was the other uh, top recruit for Miami. The year when we came out, uh, but Miami had changed their rules. You know, I had uh, I hadn't taken the test, and uh, Miami was getting a lot of guys. Now, I don't want to say a lot, but it was getting it was getting guys that was going Prop 48. Remember that Prop Proposition 48, yep. where you can't play as a freshman and you only have three years to play. I guess they call it gray shirt nowadays. Uh, yep. But uh, so when when I came out, Miami said you need to have a test score in order because back then when you take your visits. They can give you your your scholarship on that on that visit. You take it home with you, then you sign it. But you can't you can't fax it into National Signing Day. So long story short, since they had changed their rules um, the year that I came out, uh, and, I, and I hadn't taken the test, and I, well, I took the test, but I was waiting on my test scores to come back, and they couldn't give me my my scholarship. You know, back in those days, mine used to host their top recruits the last week of the, um, the uh, of, of official visits. So. Coach Erickson was like, hey, man, you know, you're our top guy. We want you this and that. But because of the rules of the school had changed. Now, I could have signed with Florida, Florida State, any state school. But Miami had to change their rules, you know, because I was getting a lot of Prop 48. So they didn't want to, I guess, lose guys like that. So I was I was, I was, was pissed off. Excuse my language. I was pissed off. So uh, I remember Cam Cameron, he started recruiting me. Oh, okay, Michigan came in late. I mean, I had I had, I had everybody. I mean, all the way across the nation. Right. You know, I had. Uh, everybody, but uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I was the number two DB in the nation. You know, it was Bobby Taylor, me, Ty Law. You know, we were the top dudes, and um, and so uh, my Michigan. So Cam Cameron came in. They came in late. Actually, they was recruiting my best friend Marlon Barnes, and they, and they wasn't recruiting me at the time. And then they had a. I remember an alumni guy came to one of my games. He was from Boca. He came to one of my games. And I remember uh, I had returned a um, punt return, 80 yards for a touchdown against Core Park. And I was waving at my mom in the stands. And then some one of the trainers came to me and said, "Hey, Earl, um, that man over there said if you want to be a uh, uh, if you want to um, be a Michigan Wolverine, you, you need to put your helmet back on." <laughs> I looked at the dude like, "I ain't going no damn Michigan. I'm going to Miami. I don't know what the hell talking about." <laughs> so, but the story was uh, the, the end of it is uh, I couldn't sign with Miami because I was waiting on my test score. So. On National Signing Day, I didn't sign. I signed the next day, which was I think it was February 5th at that time. And um, I signed on Michigan that night. With both of my parents there, they was like, listen, wherever you go, we got you back. Right. And then a month later, it was like a month later, I got my test scores back. And then I was like, damn. 
But you know, it, but you know, that was an impatient teenager, you know, or whatever. You know, I've been wanting to go to Miami all my life. You know, I just go to all the games with the parks. We ain't know. I mean, we couldn't afford to go to the games, but the parks used to, they used to give us free tickets. You know, yeah. so we get on the bus at Lily C. Evans Park. We ride to the game, and then there were some games that I would catch the bus and sneak in the Orange Bowl. You know, and and watch those games, you know, that's how diehard I was. So you couldn't tell me I wasn't going there. So, you know, I mean, it all worked out. You know, my mom got sick. Coach Mola was being an a-hole about the situation, and I don't want to get too deep in that. You know, and uh, he basically just said, don't worry about what's going on in Miami. You need to worry about Michigan football. I'm like, bro, this is my mama we're talking about. Right. So, and then a graduate assistant, I asked the graduate, I, after they, they kept me there all night trying to convince me to stay. And then uh, after they, uh, they took me to the dorm, this graduate assistant, I asked him, I said, well, can you take me to the airport in the morning? Because I just was going home for the weekend to see my mom. And I was going to come back. And he went and asked Coach Molin, and he was basically said, not basically, I remember that, I, I would never forget this. He said, uh, let him find his own effing way to the airport. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, here I am, a kid that's from Miami, that's in Ann Arbor, Michigan, got to go about 30, 40 minutes to Detroit to catch a plane. Are you telling me to find, let him find his own way? After I told my mom and God bless his soul, my head football coach, Jerry Latito, they was like, you're not going back up there. So pack everything and come on. So that's the story. Ended up transferring, come to Miami, finally going to the school that you originally wanted to go to. And uh, the rest is kind of history, man. You know, you, you balled out. You know, you had some great teammates. Like, you know, and again, you, you mentioned somebody, and I know he was pretty much your best friend in Marlon Barnes. And um, you know, obviously, tragically, you know, things happened in that situation there. But, you know, you had great teammates that you played with. You also played through a little bit of a Pell Grant scandal as well. Um, <laughs> there was definitely like some up and downs, you know, the times yeah. that you were at the University of Miami. Um, you also mentioned a guy who, to me, is a phenomenal individual, not just when he played, but Rohan Marley. Like, I don't think he gets enough credit for the way he played. Obviously, you look at and you look at Ferguson and you look at some of the caliber of people that were on those teams when you were there. But there was something different about Rohan. Can you talk to me about some of your teammates? And not just Rohan, but some of your like some of your good, good teammates that you were really close with. Uh, actually, um, Rohan hosted me on my visit, you know, and um, when I went on my visit, because I used Miami as one of my officials, and um, and he hosted me and he uh, I didn't even stay at the team hotel. I stayed at his house, you know, and <laughs> Oh, um, his grandmother, which is Bob Marley's mom, yep. his father's mom, uh, she was she, she cooked for us, you know, and and I just hung out at I just hung out at her house with Rohan the whole time, you know, and then he made sure I got back, he got me back over there when I had to go to the meetings and stuff, but I didn't even stay at the, um, at the hotel, so I had a great I had a great time with Rohan. Man, Rohan, we still we still real close to this day, uh, but but to talk about you know, a guy that's you know underrated, well. I don't even want to say he was underrated, but he doesn't get enough of the um, the pub that he should get, which is I'm talking. I'm talking about Rohan, you know, because uh, you know he, he he used to have that little tape on his practice pants that looked like a rat tail. <laughs> he was he was a banger, man. You, you know, fearless dude that 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 can play ball and just just you're talking about the passion and love the game, and you know, and um, so Rohan was one of the best guys, uh, but not 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 the not the superstars of the team. Um, I would like to talk about guys like, like uh, my boy Carlos Jones, Phenomenal. who played in the secondary. Phenomenal. Tremaine Matt. Uh, Carlos got screwed over uh, with the whole Bush Davis situation. And for I don't know what that situation, what that was about. You know, Carlos was a cover guy. You know, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't a banger, but he wasn't afraid to tackle. It's just something about him that 
you know, you know, going back, I don't think Coach Davis liked liked him because Carlos was a quiet dude, never never was a troublemaker or anything like that. He was an All-American that year. We had the number one defense across the board in '94 when we lost in Nebraska. Right. And he all he was the All-American cornerback, you know. And coming back, you know, he was like the top cornerback in the nation, and you know, it just didn't for whatever reason. Uh, he, he, I guess he didn't see fit for coach. But uh, you got guys like uh, James Burgess was a good backer. Uh, you know, uh, my boy Dwayne Starks, who ended up being the tenth pick of the draft. That's my boy. Yeah, you know, man. he played, came out there, and uh, I mean, I mean, Pat Riley was well known, but you know, he had, you know, he was a second round pick. He would have been a first round pick if he didn't hurt his knee against. I think it was against Pittsburgh. We played up in Pittsburgh, but uh, but we had man, we I can go on and on about guys, you know, on that squad. Man, we had we had a lot of talent. You know, talent. practice was. On the D-line, Holmes, I mean, like, you know, and, and again, so you talk about right. Tremaine back. So one of my most memorable games, again, and I've been – I started going to football games at 17 years old when um, I was a junior in high school. I actually went to school with Tuan Russell, you know, so me and Tuan, you know, we went to middle school together. We used to sell candy. Like, we were entrepreneurs when we were in middle school, you know, and then, uh, you know, that 96 West Virginia game, you know, up there in Morgantown. Like, yeah. just Tremaine Mack. Like, I used to love Tremaine Mack, and I used to love Bubba McDowell. Like, just special right. teams. Like, I just love watching those guys play because they were just pure hustlers, man. Right. Yeah. It, um, it's, it's crazy. T-Mack was special, man. Uh, uh, I remember when T-Mack first came in, and I, I remember looking at him in practice when we, when we started training camp because he was a running back and a baseball player in high school. And he, when he came to UM, he became a um, defensive back. We was doing DB drills, and I remember saying to myself, "This kid is terrible. He doesn't even know how to back pedal, <laughs> right?" And, and then as he got his feet wet, he was the most freakish athlete on the team. That dude was sick, sick. He was—I mean, I'm talking about athletic ability. You're talking about a great person, you know, a quiet dude. You know, he had his little issues, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but besides that, man, T Mac was a um, a really really good dude, man. And, and obviously, when he got to um, when he got to Cincinnati, he made the Pro Bowl a couple of years as a return. Like T Matt was special, yeah. but that '96 game, that was a crazy game, man. Um, I had 16 <laughs> tackles in that game at cornerback, <laughs> and, and like two crazy pass breakups. And then I remember um, on that last play uh, with the punt yeah. that he blocked for us to to win the ball game. And and this is not me saying it because it's history now, but I knew he was gonna block it because I see. I see him in practice do it many, many times, and his get off was just so sick. And when he when I, and I watched him the whole play, I didn't watch nobody else on that play, and and I was on the sideline, and um and when he went over there and he, as soon as that dude lifted, he looks up and he lifts his head back down, snapped the ball, T Mac was off, and man, there were people hanging on the wall like halfway sitting on the wall, ready to run on the field, ready to run on the field. <laughs> And that whole you can hear you can hear you can hear uh uh, uh piss on cotton after that, boy. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so Earl, when you think back to your your career at the University of Miami, you know, what game or moment stands out the most to you? Like when you think back on, you know, the incredible time that you had here. Um the the ninety four Florida State game. Uh, nice. when Carlos Jones picked that pass off. You know, we had we had five, I think we had five interceptions in that game, and I got the last one. Um, but when Carlos picked that ball off, I have never, and like I said earlier, as a kid going to the UM games, 
besides that Notre Dame game, I, I snuck in that game and I went to that game when, uh, <laughs> when Blaze got that pick and took it to the house. It was crazy then, but when Carlos Jones picked that ball off and scored that touchdown, I've never heard the orange bowl that loud in my life. And just the adrenaline of that night and just it was just it was just unreal. And, and the only game that ever came to that close to that that energy for me as a player is um when, when I when I was in Cleveland, I spent six of my nine years in Cleveland. And we had to beat the um, the Falcons and the Dolphins had to lose to the Jets for us to make the playoff. And um, that's that's the next game that was close to that type of energy. But that's the game I would never forget. You know, you bring up you bring up the dog pound, right? And and I'm gonna hit you with some like rapid fire questions here in a little bit. But tell us about that time that you spent in Cleveland, man. And obviously the Browns, you know, obviously this year they actually they they turned it around and they had a really good season this year. But like Cleveland's always been that type of city, like. They just never get over that hump. Obviously, LeBron went back there. They want to. They want to ship there. But like, what is it like playing in Cleveland? Man, it's a. Uh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, like, you know, me coming from South Florida. You know, I never liked any city that I played in. Uh, now, I, now I appreciate New Orleans now, but back then yeah. I didn't appreciate it because here I am, a young kid, and I'm going to like the deep South. And I'm seeing Confederate flags and all this crazy stuff. Man, what the heck is this? Yeah. You know, uh, then going to Cleveland. You know, and then Green Bay was my last year. I hated that place. But um, but uh, but Cleveland, man, uh, it's not much to do as far as how it is down here. We got so much that we can do down here. Uh, but as far as the fan base, I think every game was sold out preseason and regular season. I think the only game that wasn't sold out my six years there, we played. We played uh, it was 13 below with the wind chill. And um, so that, that's the only game I think that was Yeah, we're doing two. It was 13 below zero. But the fan base is awesome, man. That, that's, I wouldn't change that for anything in the world. And, and a quick little story, uh, I grew up a Cowboys fan. Down I hated the Dolphins. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I, I hated the Dolphins as a kid. I was a Cowboys fan growing up. But I remember I was at my, um, my sister Cheryl's um, apartment in Silver Blue Lakes uh, when I was a kid. And I watched um, – the Browns lose to um, the Broncos a couple times in the playoffs. And I remember looking at the dog pound. So I was, you know, I was either going to be a wide receiver or a D-back. And I remember saying, you know what, man, I like Cleveland. So I started rooting for Cleveland besides the Cowboys. And then uh, Hanford Dixon, Frank um, Minifield, you know, you know, all those guys. And then when Eric Turner, uh, Eric Turner, God bless his soul, when he went there, um, I, was just, I was just a dog pound fan. And then in, in, and by the blessing of God, I always said I wanted to play for um, – the Browns and it just so happened that it worked out you know here, here's a funny story so I was born in Rochester New York um, I ended up moving to South Florida when I was five years old but those first couple of years when I could understand football I was a Browns fan Brian Sipe because Earl you and I are roughly the same age I'll be 47 next month right so like you know Brian Sipe and Ozzie Newsome and all those guys man and the colors for me which is hideous, right? Like just it's brown and orange. Like they're just they're they're horrible looking colors, you know. It's like, <laughs> like, like how do, how do you, you know it's crazy. Uh, when I was there, we um every other year we would have training camp in Rochester, New York, at the university. So we would have training camp there. So we catch the like we do like the two hour bus ride over there. We stay there for like a uh, uh, week. You know, um, the bills up there. You know, so that, that was pretty cool, you know, and, and I didn't know it until, like, I think it was my second year in Cleveland. Uh, we went to play San Diego. Man, Cleveland, man, we got, we got fans everywhere. You know, I was just – I was surprised, like, the amount of fans that we have 
around the nation um, as far as Cleveland and Dog Pound. They have a big fan base. Wow, that's crazy. Jay, man, I know, I know we're pretty much right against a break right now. Um, so why don't we go ahead and go to, go to break, and we'll come back with uh, Earl Little, and then uh, we'll get a special guest, uh, Earl Little Jr., to pop on, and uh, we'll talk to him a little bit. And um, got some more questions as, as a parent, you know, about raising a kid playing football. All right, yeah. So you guys are listening to Kane Gang Radio. We got a uh, former Miami Hurricane NFL player, <clears throat> Earl Little Sr., um, we are here on uh, Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. We'll be back in just a few moments. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Chain Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We are back on Kane Gang Radio. We have a very special guest with us. For uh, He was on last segment. He's going to roll over with us. We got uh, former Miami Hurricanes defensive back Earl Little Sr. Um, Earl, it's been a pleasure talking to you so far, man. We love the stories, love hearing about your time in uh, college and the NFL. And, uh, Co, you, you had something planned for this segment, right? I do. So, you know, Earl, being a, a blue trip, like, top prospect coming out of high school, you know, and – pretty much having all these colleges, you know, dropping letters and reaching out to you and, you know, trying to get that commitment. Now as a father, having a son in that same type of situation, what kind of advice or what do you do when you talk to, to Junior about what to look for, how to, like, you know, get away from the noise? Like, what, what, is you, what do you do as a parent to help, you know, your young son in this, in this process? Well, um, I kind of mean, like, setting it up a couple of years ago, you know, just talk about it briefly every now and then or whatever, but I'm not one of those people that, you know, I don't, I don't, 
I don't want to like, like always talking about this stuff because I know how this, I know how this business go. Um, like you said, being the top guy coming out, you know, and uh, being recruited. So I've been through this process before. So like, I, like I've told him and, and, and also like I've told um, a bunch of universities, cause I'm talking to a lot of them every day right now, a lot. Right. Uh, so um, I just tell him, man, listen, man, enjoy this process. You know, this, this is your time to shine. Um, nobody's going to um, force you to commit, you know, anything like that. Cause a lot of parents, they don't understand that, you know, because they really don't know, you know, and, uh, and they get pressured and they get scared. And in some cases it, it is true, you know, that you right. know, if you accept the scholarship, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next person, which is that, that does, it does happen. Uh, but when you're a top notch talent, you know, like my son, you know, and, and it's not trying to take advantage of it, but it just, he had, like I tell him, I, I tell the coaches too, this is the only time that he will have this type of leverage, you know, unless he make it to the NFL and he goes to his first contract, his rookie contract, and then he becomes unrestricted free agent. That's the next time that he will have that this type of leverage. So enjoy this process, you know, take your visit. And that's what the NCAA allow. Enjoy this recruitment. And then when that time comes, we'll sit down as a family and we'll do the pros and cons. Right. And, and, and I think that's a great point that you made out, right? So everybody wants to, everybody's reaching and, and looking for that verbal. Oh, you know, just give me that verbal. Give me that verbal. You know, where are you going to go? Well, why? Why do I need to give you a verbal? When the time is right, I'll give you my verbal. You know, and I think that is that is so so prevalent for you to be able to talk to your son and say, listen, wait it out, play, play out your options. And, and like you said, so again, like, like, look at James Williams, look at heritage in general, man, they got studs after studs after studs. And to be able to sit there and say, look, I have all these offers. They're not good. Those offers aren't going anywhere. Like you said, when you're a blue chip prospect, those offers aren't going anywhere. If anything, you're going to get more and more offers, right? So you still have time to think. You know, you have until National Signing Day. You have until after National Signing Day. So I think, like, you're doing a great job. You know, again, I wish a lot more parents would take more of a proactive role into these kids, you know, recruitment. Um, and let them – and don't make the decision for their, for their kid, right? Let the kid make the decision. Now, now listen, here, again, you're alumni at the University of Miami. Would you like to see, you know, your son following your footsteps? Maybe. But at the same time, if it's a better outfit for him to go to an SEC school or a Big Ten school, then so be it. And you're going to support your son 100% no matter what decision he makes. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, that, that, exactly. Because, like, I was talking to um, – I think I was, it was Oregon I was talking to earlier today. And, uh, and I was telling uh, – actually, the defensive back coach went to your high school, went to St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, so uh, I was talking with him. And, and, you know, and I was just telling him that, you know, and, and, and not just him. I've told Saban is. I've told uh, all the other coaches at all, all LSU, all, all these schools, whatever. And, and, and I tell him that it, because I read some of the stuff on, on Twitter, you know, and things like that. And I don't comment on them. But, you know, and, and, it's, and, it, and it's very, I mean, it's nice to know that your son is wanted and, you know, and, yeah. and people at the U, they want him to stay home and play you know, and all that. And then, and then some of them will drop comments. Like, like one time somebody say, Hey, why don't you just go ahead and quit playing and, um, and, and, and commit, you know, what are you waiting on and stuff like that? Like homeboy, like, I'm like, for who, for what? You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not in the Twitter beef or whatever, but this one particular person, I said, for, I said, for what? He never replied back, but right. you know, <laughs> this, 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 this is my son, you know, right. and, 
he's been taught and, and, and he's going through this process, you know, the right way. And um, nobody's going to pressure him. I know fan, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and no coach, you know, that, that's not going to happen. That's, that's just not the way this, this is going, this going to roll. And, uh, and, then, and then, and if you don't, and if you don't want it and then you can't handle that, so be it, you know, because if, if, if you, if you, if you want to move on, you ain't want him in the first place. Correct. You know, that's how I'm looking at it because a guy like him, he got him. He, he got. He got to see. He got. He got. To, he got to see all the schools that he that he's gonna take his visits to whenever he break it down to whatever, and he got to go over there and sit there. And we got got to get them advisors and just do the whole recruit thing. Yeah. And uh, that's big, you know. And uh, and like and like you said. Uh, if you go to SEC, if you go to Big Ten, he go to Pac-12, you know, uh, so be it. I'm going to support him. You know, Emmett Smith said something real good when his son signed with Stanford. Correct. He, I'm going. I can't. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not quoting him, but he basically was saying, "I'm going to su- support my child no matter where he goes. Just because I went to Florida doesn't mean he has to go to Florida." You know, and that's that's funny you say that too, because like, so I have a three year old. I have you know Grayson. And, uh, you know, his middle name is Kane for a reason. You know, that's just something that, you know, we do. And, you know, like me and Maria, we'd be talking like, you know, say he gets an opportunity as he gets older to get a scholarship. And she's like, oh, he's going to go to Florida. I said, well, you know what? If he goes to Florida, that's fine. But I'm going to be sitting in the stands wearing all UM gear. And she's like, no, you're not. And I said, I'm telling you right now, whatever school he goes to, if it's not Miami, I will be wearing orange and green in those stands. Like, it's not the- <laughs> it was uh, years ago with, uh, you know, Earl, Earl like Jalen Ramsey, you know, and I remember he, he was kind of like I don't know if he was joking at the time or whatever about going to Florida State, you know, and and, uh, and I was like, man, I'd be the only parent in that family section with some hurricane stuff on. I said, <laughs> I would not ever wear no Florida State gear. <laughs> you know, and let's talk about let's talk about Junior right now and and Heritage. Um, you know, they had a great year this past year, winning a state title. Um, you know. And that secondary, that secondary was kind of locked, man. You know, obviously the, the big guy over there was James Williams, right? But, you know, Earl handled his side. Um, Brian Blades the second, you know, he handled his side. Marvin Jones, like, they have top-notch caliber, you know, year in and year out. Obviously, you go back to Sertain and Campbell and Nesta, you know, and Chapman, all those guys there, man. What is it about Heritage that are just developing, you know, these uh, these athletes, you know, year in and year out? Man, I to be honest with you, man, my boy Pat Sertan, man, Pat is a solid dude, man, and, and just the whole coaching staff is just a one. And, and and I'm not, you know, you got out of the out of the 13 coaches, I think it's like six of six of us played in the NFL, you know, for like six years or, or, or to 11 years, to, you know, uh, it's just a great group of guys that coaching a, a bunch of great group of guys, which are the kids, and. We just go out there, man, and the kids just compete. You know, uh, it's not a uh, it's not a bang bang type um, practice. What we go through, we take care of the kids, and uh, the kids go out there and um, you know they have film study. They do everything. You know, it's kind of a little switched up a little bit. So we did a lot of um, online stuff uh, because of COVID. Uh, but right. uh, it just a, it just kids just it's just a tradition, you know. And, and you don't want it's like going to UM. You don't want to be that guy to let the guys down that um, that came before you. So I just think uh, Pat. It starts with Pat. Pat does a great job, you know, as a head coach, and then right. and then trickle downs to everybody else. And then you know we got Coach Mike that uh, you know strength coaches don't get all the um, glory. Coach Mike is uh, also the running backs coach, but Coach Mike does it. I'm talking about 
he does a wonderful job with these kids, man. And um, and 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 that's that's a big thing. Like our strength and conditioning program is is a one. Good. You know, and it's funny because, you know, when Pat got there, you know, he took over for Coach Rump, you know, and, and Mike set that, that precedent, man. Like, you know, Heritage started balling, and now you just see – again, I'm a Broward County guy, right? So I, I, I watch it. I love it. You know, you have the Gibbons versus Heritage. You know, you start getting all these little rivalries going now, and, you know, something about, you know, over there on Broward Boulevard, you know, over there on Friday nights, man, it, it gets popping over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a beautiful campus, man. It, it gets popping over there, and uh, it just—it's just what high school football is all about. I just wish that that St. Thomas and uh, Heritage can play every year. I think, I think that should be a Florida State Miami type right every year, no Correct. matter what. End of the year, last <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> it should be scheduled. I don't know if it'd be last game of the year because uh, you know Heritage. We take that last week off. Hey, that, yeah, no, nah, I feel you. But I think, but I think it should be played every every year. Uh, but it just, it's just a great group of kids, man. I'm talking about from from Mr. Laurie that owns the school. Uh, you know, you got the the athletic department, uh, Miss Stearns, and uh, you know, you got Pat. You know, and Pat and, and his staff, and um, and 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 this ran is ran a one, man. I, I don't been I've coached at some at some programs and with some different guys or whatever. Uh, but and I'm not saying it because you know Pat, my boy, and all that, but. Yeah. It's it's done. It's done right. It's done right. Trust me. It's done right. It's nothing. No no greater feeling than winning a high school, you know, state championship up there in Tallahassee. Like just <laughs> sitting there on Dope Field and just knowing, <laughs> you know, that yeah. you guys won a championship up there. You know, another thing that I, I find interesting is, like, you know, you talk about the group the group of kids, and, and there's there's a bunch of kids out there that you know, are ready to go to the next level. As a former University of Miami, you know, DB, and, and I feel like Miami's DBs over the last couple of years, we just haven't got those type of DBs. What's missing? You know, again, I look at kids like, you know, your son. I look at Junior. I look at Brian Blades, you know, the second. You know, just from out of Heritage. You know, there's other kids out there that really – don't even get the opportunity to get the recognition maybe to go to the University of Miami. What is Miami doing? Because even this past class, we only signed one cornerback. What are we missing at the University of Miami as far as our cornerbacks? Man, it, it, it all comes down with production, bro. It all comes down with production. These kids, kids aren't, kids aren't, they're not lame. You know, they, they know what's going on. And um, I just think, I just think recruiting, and it's like I told them when they first started recruiting um, him, you know, heavy, and I was like, "Don't, don't, don't talk to me all the time. Y'all, y'all need to build that relationship with him." You know, so I don't know what what's been going on over there, but we definitely haven't been getting those type of players. You know, and um, and that's some that that that's something that's just the way it is. And when you look at these other universities and these guys are producing these guys and these guys are going on to play in the league, having nice long careers or whatever, you know, it just. I, I don't know what it is. I really can't tell you because I'm not yeah. in those um, staff meetings over there. But I just know for whatever reason we're not getting them. But at the same time, you got to do production. And you got to win. Yeah, you got to win. And, and and another thing that hurt when I took him to uh, I took him to a couple of I took him to Alabama LSU game last year in 2019. That atmosphere. That atmosphere. I, the atmosphere. <laughs> I took him to LSU against Florida game in LSU. Uh, even. Uh, even the Oklahoma and um, TCU game after we lost to Northwestern in our quarterfinals, the next day we was on the plane going to watch Oklahoma because they wanted me to bring him out. So I took him out there. It wasn't that it wasn't as electric, but they still had 
80, 90,000 people at the game. And I think that means a lot, too, for a lot of kids as well because that, that atmosphere in that SEC, man, that's on a whole nother level. 100%. You know, and I've always been that proponent that you're not going to get that at Miami, right? Again, I've been going to games since 1991. And, again, I've been there and it was 20,000, you know, again, and we're winning 58 nothing. But there's only 20,000 fans. You know, it's a Saturday afternoon. You know, your kids ain't coming to the game. They're going to the beach, you know. So. It's crazy you say that, man, because I was talking with Mario Cristobal today. I spoke with them as well uh, for about 15 minutes. And we kind of we, – we talked about that, about them getting rid of that orange ball. And I was like, man – from what I heard, it was like $10 million or whatever for renovations or whatever that needed. I don't know if that's true. I'm like, the city should have came up with that somehow, some way. I say, because like Mario said, that's a sac- sacred place right there. You know? 100%. Whenever I do pass by uh, downtown Miami or uh, I see the Marlins Stadium. I, I, I try not to even look. I, yeah, I just look at it with disgust, man, because I'm like, yo, that's <laughs> the OB right there. Like, that's like even with those 20,000, 30,000 people that we had in that Iraq. stadium. rock. It's rocking. You can feel the vibration on the field. Not in the stands, on the field, you yeah. can feel it. And it was the best turf that you can have to play on. It was like running on the track out there. And then when we did have the big games, when it was sold out, 75000 man, that place is on a whole nother level, man. You put the stands over over there on the east side, man, you kind of blocked the, the view. But, man, it was nothing like, you know, running out that smoke in your beat, man. That old girl was just popping, man. It was – People like the younger generation who never got to experience that. Again, I'm just a fan, right? So I did get to run on the field at one point. I got selected to do some type of obstacle course through the Washington game. And uh, I got to put on a helmet and I got shoulder pads and I had to pull a sled and all kinds of things. Let me tell you, where I'm on the field at the OB, there was nothing like it. <laughs> oh, man. I've been, a, you know, I went to the. I, I went to sneak into the game um, when they played when uh, Melvin Bratton when he tore his ACL. Melvin is my cousin mm. through marriage uh, for my uncle. Uh, I was at that game, the Oklahoma game. I was at the um, I was at the Colorado game. Actually, Eric Bieniemy gave me his towel oh, wow. after the game. <laughs> so I was there. So I've, I've I've been to a lot of games, man. I've seen some some great historic games there. Uh, and you know, it just just sucks that it's not there anymore. No, no doubt. Well, Earl, I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions. I know we were going to try to get Junior on, but, man, I don't, I don't even think we really – I mean, I, we don't want to burden right you for another segment. Oh, he's right there? Hey, he can always pop on and say hi. Um, I wanted to ask you some rapid-fire questions. And, uh, again, we, we wrote down some questions. We just wanted you to get the answer as far as rapid-fire. So, if you're ready, I'm going to throw these out to you and you just give us your answer. I might say no comment on some of them. <laughs> Listen, wait, we, had, uh, we had Uncle Luke on. We had Luther Campbell on a couple weeks ago, and we asked him a question. Duke Johnson or Devontae Freeman? He said, nope, can't do that one. You know, there's, so, there's certain things that, you know, look, we, we want to try to get you to say something, but if you don't want to, feel free not to say anything. So, all right, go ahead. Um, all right, so here we go. We'll do a rapid fire, and then we're going to have to go to break. So simple questions. Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Okay. Co- cookies or brownies? Brownies, but they got to be they got to be cooked right. <laughs> number right. four, number four, fifteen or number twenty. Ooh, that's tough, boy. But I, I would have to go with four. Okay, Chris Webber or Jalen Rose. Man, I go with uh, I go with Jalen. Elephant ears or funnel cakes? Neither. <laughs> All right, last one for you: the dog pound or the cheese heads. Dog pound for life, bro. That's what's up, man. Like I said, we want to stop you. The you and dog pound for life and pioneers. <laughs> I love my PPO. 
Yeah, and what about the PPO Bengals too, man? Yeah, yeah, All right, Jay, yeah. man, I know we're, we're pressed against the break. Jay, man, take us to break real quick, and uh, we might come back with uh, Earl Little and Junior back on the next minute. All right, thanks for listening to uh, – let's see, we're, we're just into the second hour of King Gang here. We're having a good time. Uh, you've heard from Zach McLeod today and now Earl Little Sr. Um, we're here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll catch you in just a few moments. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Uh, all right, everybody out there in Radio World, I know you guys are probably getting tired of us here on the Can Gang Show, but we just do our best to bring more guests, more guests, and more guests. Uh, great show so far with Zach McLeod joining us, and then Earl Little, number four. I'll always be number four to me, even though he wore 20 league. Um, but joining us now is actually uh, Earl Little Jr., um, stud, cornerback, American Heritage, state champion. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there, state champion. Mr. Earl Little Jr. Earl, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? Just hanging out, man. You know, here it is, getting ready for the weekend, and uh, you know, we just wanted to tell you know, congratulate you on the, on a, on a great season. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, you know, this past season there was a lot of uh, 
excitement around Heritage. Uh, obviously, you know, being able to make it up to the state tele game and, you know, going up to Tallahassee and winning it up in Doak. And uh, tell me about how you felt about winning a, a state championship this year. Uh, you know, that was my first time uh, competing for a state. Well, not competing, but actually playing in the state championship. Uh, you know, it took a, a, a lot of hard work. So, you know, getting that victory, it felt pretty amazing. You know, so here, here's the funny thing. Like, I've known your dad a long time. Like, I, I remember you as a, as, as a youngin, you know, playing for PPO, you know, going to full out of, you know, playing with the Hurricanes and then just, you know, graduating and keep moving up and moving up and moving up. You know, what, what do you see in yourself as far as your game and how your, how your game has evolved have you, has you, as you've gotten older? What do you see yourself trying to fulfill coming up now, your, your senior year coming up? What are you looking forward to do in your senior season? Shoot, just to maintain, you know, I'm, I'm obviously going to get better or whatever, but, you know, I just want to keep playing how I've been playing. Um, and, shoot, that's it. Like, that's really it. What, what's your weight right now? What do you, what do you, what's your size? What are you about, six foot, 165? What, what, are you, what are you weighing right now? I weigh 175. Oh, wow. Putting on that weight already. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your ideal weight to, to be at, you know, for, your, for next season? Mm, for the upcoming season? Shoot, if I can get the 180, I'll be glad to get the 180. Yeah, that's a, that's some head knockers right there, man. 180 coming coming downfield, yeah. like you know. Right, and you're not the type that's afraid to to come up and hit either. Nah, not at all. Well, Earl, so I mean, you're you're getting recruited by everyone right now, man. Like like you're you're kind of at that spot where it's like everybody wants you. Everyone would love to have you. Um, which, which makes you a powerful guy right now. And, and so my question for you is, what is it that you're looking for in where you want to play college football? Um, like, like, what, I put, what a, but, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, what about a program is attractive to you? So I haven't put in too, too much thought of what I want to major in in college yet. Mm -hmm. So, like, to be honest, it's somewhere – where it's not too far from home, um, somewhere I built a great relationship with the coaches over the few years, somewhere I can go in and compete for a starting job, um, somewhere not, like, not really crowded, you know, like, cause, you know, some schools, they over-recruit or whatever, you know, they'll have a whole bunch of DBs or whatever, but I'm not scared of competition. I'm just saying, like, I don't go nowhere too crowded or whatever. But, yeah, somewhere I can go in and compete for a starting job and somewhere yeah. – but, like, after the football season, I don't want to be bored and then with somewhere I can go and have fun. <laughs> no, I, I can see, like, you know, just, like, your personality, man. You, are you, like, the life of the party? Like, obviously, you're at Heritage, right? You know, there's, there's a bunch of people over at Heritage. Like, when you guys hang out, man, are you, like, the life of the party? Yeah, I guess you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Talk to me a little bit about your teammates, man. What, who are some of the teammates that you have that you're really close with? I'm close with Marvin. That's, that's, that's like my dog right now. You know, I was close with James, too, but, you know, he's left. He left, so it's Marvin. That's really it. Like, I'm really tight with him. Damari Brown, he's a, he's a younger – he's a younger yeah. – uh, you know, you, you mentioned Marvin Jones, man, and, you know, just that name resonates because of his dad. And, uh, you know, he's got a good pedigree just like you got a, a good pedigree. You know, like I was telling your dad earlier, 
you know, it's very important for, for parents to be involved in their, in their kids kind of recruitment. And, you know, your dad, and I've known him for quite a while, man, and I have much respect for your dad. And, you know, if I can give you any words of wisdom and I'm sure he's probably, he'll probably knock you in the head if you don't listen to him, but man, just listen to your dad, you know, and, uh, you know, he'll steer you the right way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, definitely. So Earl coming up, if you, you know, obviously your dad had a long, amazing career in the NFL and whatnot. Yeah, have you watched a lot of game tape of him and modeled your game around around you know what he did you know in his time in the NFL? I mean, I haven't seen too much, but he he'll show me a few a few clips like here and now. Yeah. But I think I got him though. Well, listen, Earl, had- Junior, they didn't have you two when he was playing, right? So we got to bring out the old VHS tapes. You know, that's how old he is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it ain't like going like on twenty four seven or or huddle and trying to find some clips, man. Cause uh, yeah, they they got the old film, the old technology. His his film might even be in black and white. He's so old, but I don't even know. <laughs> you guys, uh, Earl, when you guys are coming up, um, who's gonna be the corner on the other side of you this year? Coming up, your senior year. Um, Jacoby Spell. Yeah, solid. Huh. Solid. That that's a good dude right there, man. Y'all got to run it back for another national champion or another state championship. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Love yes, it, sir. Man. I love it. So, Earl, I'd I'd love to hear uh, what's it like talking to Nick Saban, man? Because because I mean, you know, I, I'm closer to your age than these guys are, and like growing up, Nick Saban has dominated college football. Like he's everything, you know. And uh, since as as long as I could watch football, like Nick Saban's been the guy in college. So what's it like to talk to the GOAT? Uh, shoot. Every time I talk to him, it's like, you just, I feel, I feel some type of way, you know, because you, yeah. you know that like, man of that pedigree, shoot, like, I just, I just get, I get like a, a wise man vibe. Yeah. Like, when I talk to him, because like you said, that's the GOAT, you know, not too many people had the opportunity to talk to him, a man like that. Yeah. Or who's your favorite NFL team? Um, so I gotta go at the Falcons. I, I just like you, the birds. So, so here's a, here's a story. So, if you look up top on the Zoom, you'll see it says Dirty Bird. So Ryan actually used to work for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Way back in the day, back in late '90s, man, when uh, went to the Super Bowl and all. So. Okay. But that's why he's called the Dirty Bird, man. He's a Falcon. So you like the Falcons? That's uh, that's kind of interesting. Why? Why the Falcons? Is there a certain reason? Um, shoot, like me going back and forth to uh, you know, Atlanta since yeah. I was running track and stuff. Like I, I just always love being up there for some type of reason. And shoot, like with me being up there, I just used to watch them a lot. So I just like the. Are you running? Are you running track this year? No, I won't be running track this year. I'm like I'm currently getting over a hamstring injury that I've been playing with uh, from the season, so I'm gradually building my way back up, and yeah. I'm working out with my strength coach, like with the football team. Like we started workouts on uh, Monday. Coach Mike. Yeah. Coach Mike, the only reason I know that because your dad brought him up earlier. So don't think I'm smart because I'm not. <laughs> like, man, how does he know that? <laughs> he let me. How you know Coach Mike? <laughs> That's hey, good though. Hey Earl, so you know this year has been crazy with this whole COVID stuff and all that, man. You know, 
is, is it kind of killing you not being able to go out and take like official visits and doing all these zoom visits with coaches and everything? Or, I mean, are you, are you missing the on-campus stuff? Uh, to be honest, not, not, not too much. The only thing I really see that really messing with, I, I like going to the games and stuff, you know, enjoying, enjoying the atmosphere, stuff like that. That, that was, so I guess, yeah, I guess you can say it has been messing with me. Yeah. I got a question for you. There's a lot of hype around James Williams. Like, how good is James Williams? Uh, he's a dude, you know. Playing around. <laughs> yeah, he's a dude. He's good, huh? Yeah. Man, see, that's, that's what I like to hear, man. I like to see – I just like to see people who are good get that opportunity to, you know, continue their career and, you know, whatever college anybody goes to. You know, you guys are getting a free education. And, and if I could tell you anything, that education probably is the most important thing. You know – you go to college, opportunity, you know, to get to go to the league, you know, that, that's just a plus. But, man, that, that education is where it's at. Um, so you, you, you just mentioned a little bit earlier, you're not exactly sure what you're going to major in. Do you have any, like, idea what you want to kind of major in in college, or are you just going to kind of play that by ear as that, as that time comes? I was thinking in, like, sports, sports management. I kind of want to do, like, sports medicine and stuff like that, but I kind of changed my mind a little bit. But I still haven't really put too much thought into it. You know, sports medicine is a lot more schooling. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people want to just get in school, get out of school, and then move on, not just to keep going into school. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I mean, you could probably make some money doing that sports medicine stuff, but yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a lot more schooling. Uh, what, what, what's school like now? Like, obviously, you guys came back, you know, state champions. You know, was there, were you guys allowed to have fans up in the, in the stadium, or was it just was it family only? No, there, there was a whole bunch of – fans there, especially from the team that we played. They were up from Tallahassee, so their side was – they had a lot of people there. Wow. And uh, when you guys came back, did you guys get any type of uh, celebration? Did you guys have a big pep rally, you know, anything like that? Or are you guys getting rings? How's that working out? Oh, we, we haven't um, – like, how it works, we uh, – we have a pet rally type thing later on. Uh, like we got, we got our ring sizes and everything, but we have a, cer- a ceremony later. That's what's up. That's pretty exciting too, man. Yeah, to be able to get cool. that uh, state championship ring. Yeah, and then you state championship ring, graduate, you know, high school, and then hopefully play for a, a, get a, the national championship and wear a college, you know, championship ring as well, huh? <laughs> That's the goal. No doubt, man. Love it. Well, Earl, what man. Are you doing a, what are you doing ahead, in your Earl. off time? Yeah, what do you do in your off time, man, when you're not doing football, man? You, are you a gamer? You, I mean... Oh, yeah. I, li- I like to play games. And me and Marvin will go fishing every now and then. Cool. Oh, yeah? Nice. What, what nice. games have you been playing recently, man? I play Madden, Fortnite, uh, okay. Warzone. And that's pretty much it. So I ain't going to lie, man. I-, I play Fortnite, too. <laughs> <laughs> do you? I didn't know that I do. Listen, man. So I, I have a I have a seventeen year old and I have an eleven year old. So they're they're all gamers, and uh, so they play like Apex, um, Warzone, Fortnite. Apex guy. Uh, man, like I just I can't do it, man. Yeah. I can't. But uh, yeah, I enjoy it, man. Like I I always like get killed. Like I'm that type of guy. Like so in Fortnite, 
I'm that guy, like I, I'm a bush camper, right? Like I'll try to find me a sniper and I'll go sit up in a bush. <laughs> and I literally sit there the whole game until there's like five people. I just, I keep moving with the storm. Oh, you and then guy. like, <laughs> yeah. And like when there's five people, then I try okay. to, I try to pick them off. <laughs> hey, that's just being I'll an opportunist, man. There's nothing. That's just because I'm that bad. Like I just, I, bro, I am that bad at the game. I, I just, I can't, I can't like my my fingers don't work the same way man i'm trying to aim and pull this chair nah it just doesn't work man just give me the sniper and i'm good <laughs> yeah so you 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 guys go fishing you and mark what do you guys you go for uh, bass you go for peacock what do you guys what do you go fishing for uh, we we do both like sometimes we'll go spear and like his uncle has a boat so we'll go like i went i went spear fishing with him not too long ago Ooh, and, nice Freshwater fish, like, yeah, we catch, we catch bass, peacock bass, you know, snook, snakehead, we catch all that. Yeah, man, peacocks are a nice little fight. I ain't gonna lie, man. They, uh, they, that's a good little fight right there, man. You guys got any lakes over by where you live, or do you guys yeah. kind of go out to the Everglades, or where do you guys go? Nah, like I have, a, I have a lake right behind my house, um, and yeah, I just, I just go like, like pond spot hopping. That's what you call okay. it. Okay. You wear a backpack? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like growing up, my uh, my stepdad, he was a bass fishing guide. So basically, what that was like, he we had a boat, and then when people from up north would come down, he would just take them out to like the Holy Land or Rotenburgers or you know Loxahatchee, and you know. So I'd be fishing every weekend, man, just out there. And I was always trying to like, I, I was always trying to get in trouble. Like he would buy me like these brand new like lures, like Rapalas and stuff, and I would be catching them out trying to catch gators, man, and then. Like I, they would always, uh, they would always eat my lure, man. And I'd get in trouble, and then I used to get some spankings because, like, I was like ten years old, and he's like, "Man, I spent six dollars on that lure." I'm like, "Yeah, but well, I was trying to catch the gator." <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, man, it's definitely fun out there. <clears throat> well, man, we appreciate you jumping on the show with us tonight, man. And uh, again, it's just good to get to, uh, it's good to get to know you and uh, follow your 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 success that you're doing in high school, and you know all the best in what you decide to do in college, and uh, you know you got another senior year. Hopefully you guys win another state title and uh, man, all the best to you, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. No good worries, J man. Good good luck wherever you choose to go, Earl. We'll be uh, we'll be pulling for you. You know, we we all hope that you're gonna end up as a Miami Hurricane, but you know, we'll support you no matter where you go, bro. So so good luck yeah, in yeah. wherever you make your choice. And uh, thanks for coming on again. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We are uh, King Gang Radio. We're here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll catch you in a few moments. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. 
We can make it if we try, just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Kane Gang Show on Sirius XM Slam Radio, channel 145. Uh, Derek Coe had to uh, step away uh, in the last second here, so the J-Man and I are going to wrap it up here. So, uh, J-Man, man, a couple of just incredible interviews, actually three incredible interviews with uh, Zach McLeod, and uh, both are a little senior and are a little junior. So, uh, what you take it away from, from, the, from those interviews, man? Oh, man. Dude, it is so cool. Like, that's the best part about this show, right, is getting to talk to um, people with intimate knowledge of the program. Um, I just love the perspective, man. Because, I mean, I I spend a lot of time talking to fans, so I I feel like I have the fan perspective pretty pretty nailed down. Um, But hearing former players talk about it is just – it's cool, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, it's kind of we had a former player, a current player, and yeah. a prospective player all in uh, all in one show. That was yeah. a really, really cool angle, man. Yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully we can say that yeah. this episode was the past, the present, and the future. <laughs> I'm 100% with you, but, you know, I mean, that, uh, yeah, you could definitely see that Earl Jr. just comes from an, an, an amazing family. And, oh, yeah. You know, you know, dad's just totally got the right, uh, the right mentality and leading him and, you know, leading him to make the right decision. And look, you know, uh, we're going to support him wherever he goes, you know, just hopefully 100%. it's not any, hopefully it's not garnet gold or blue and orange. Right. You know, because those, those are man. tough to support him, but we'd still support the kid. You know, I just would hope he doesn't win any games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's, that's right on, man. Like at the end of the day, it's easy to forget the human element behind all this stuff. And like, sure. You know, there's no way I'm going to talk to a, a, you know, a good group of people, a good family, like you said, with uh, with Earl Senior and Earl Junior, and then and then be mad over a, a game, right? <laughs> so yeah. no yeah, matter yeah, yeah, no, no matter where Junior picks, like he's got a fan in me forever. So you he's, know, I'll, he's going to be a baller wherever he goes, though. Oh man. I mean, yeah, you know. We, we said at the break, right, like, you know, when he came on, uh, when he came on to the video conference and, you know, we could see him and, and, and Earl Jr. swole, man. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he is college body ready, man. You could, you could see yeah. it, man. So. Oh, absolutely. His, that was the, that was the first thing that happened. Like, like when he stepped into the screen, I could just see his, his arm flexing. Oh my, oh I was like, oh my goodness. gosh. How old is he? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, is he going to the NFL combine or? I know. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff, man. So, J-Man, lots happening in the in the world of Kings Kings football as well. Uh, yeah. Blake Baker just took a uh, just took a position as the linebacker coach at uh, Louisiana State University. So yeah. we uh, we uh, joined the rest of the Kane Nation and you know wishing uh, 
luck to bike to, to bike in his uh yeah. in his next position um you know what are your thoughts about uh who's going to replace him and where we kind of go from here on the defensive staff it'll be interesting um because we we have a few options now obviously the rest of the staff is in place um so you got to think that hiring a defensive coordinator now would be a little sticky right because hypothetically right. you call up a guy and you're like, Hey, come be the defensive coordinator for the Canes. And he's like, well, do I get to pick my staff? Well, I would assume the answer is no. I don't know that that's not, you know, I'm not breaking news here. Right. But I would just assume that the answer is no, because we just made some new hires. We have a good staff in place. Um, and so then you look at, well, who wants that job then, you know, and Manny's already told people that he's going to be calling plays. So it'll be interesting to see if we hire a linebacker coach or if we hire a linebacker coach um, who is also a defensive coordinator. Yep. Well, is, is, uh, is T-Rob also in title uh, a co-defensive coordinator? I do not believe so. I believe that he is okay. a defensive backs coach. Well, one of these guys is going to have to step up and do a lot of the game planning, uh, you know, because Manny being the head coach, I mean, even if he's, if he, if he's calling the plays on, on yeah. Saturdays, you know, he still needs somebody to do the work behind it and put the defensive yeah. game plan together and, and, yes. and get all that organized. So, you know, either the new linebacker coach, you know, or maybe T-Rob because he's got experience as a co-defensive coordinator. But, yeah. you know, the, the name that I like is, uh, is, is, is Travis Williams, right? And, Absolutely. You know, I mean, obviously he's kind of the, the hot name, but, I mean, you got an SEC, uh, you know, experienced coach with a great reputation over there. I mean, I think it's kind of crazy that Auburn didn't, uh, didn't retain him. But uh, excellent recruiter, uh, you know, really close friends with T-Rob, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think he'd kind of be the home run, uh, home run yeah. hire for us. But, but how inexperienced do you want your defensive staff, though? Because now we got, we got DVD, who's a first-time coach. We got T-Rob, who he has some defensive coordinator experience, but, but I mean, he, it was under Will Muschamp, right? And Muschamp is very hands-on right. with his defenses. Um, yep. You know, Travis Williams. So yeah. Yeah. Travis Williams is not – I, I, he, I don't think he has any defensive coordinator experience, does he? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I guess you have Jonathan Packey, who uh, he was co-defensive <laughs> coordinator for about four days. <laughs> if you remember, if you remember. I do, I do. We're going back to last – yeah, we're going back to a couple, a couple seasons yeah. before here. So, so we, we have about Packie. a year and four days of defensive coordinator experience on our staff right now. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know what we're yeah. going to do, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's, I think what you've heard out there is obviously the T-Will name is, is, is up there, right? Yeah. You know, um, you know I've, I've heard the name Michael Barrow floated back, which I think he did a great job when he was here. Yeah. You know, but what's going to probably end up happening is something out of left field that we're not, uh, that we're not expecting like that Kevin we're going to have Steele. to say, huh. I'm, I'm throwing it into the universe. Yeah. You know, Uncle Luke mentioned, well, Uncle Luke name dropped uh, – Kevin Steele on the podcast or uh, yeah. on the radio show two weeks ago, man. He did. He did. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, Kevin Steele is a, is, is a great name. And did you, did you hear Kevin Steele uh, worked at Tennessee for two weeks? And you know how much money he made in guaranteed money while he was there? Oh, my gosh. I mean, go ahead and tell me. But uh, $900,000. He made 450000 a week. That's stupid money, dude. 
That's unbelievable, man. That's, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I hope he took all that money and put it oh. in the GameStop last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's probably likely we wouldn't see him coaching again after that. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Right? So, oh, so, Jay, you know, another, another thing that was huge that, uh, that happened yesterday morning was the uh, release of the schedule, right? So what, yeah. what stood out to you on our, on our schedule and on what, uh, what we're going to be, you know, running into here in the 2021 season? So we, we have a stretch of four home games that leads, you know, we, we play neutral site versus Alabama, and then we have four home games. And then we have a bye week and then North Carolina, which is very right. – that's interesting. Um, I don't know, man. I, I keep looking at that schedule and I just keep thinking nine and three. It, yeah. You know, I'm not going to put a record on it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, cause it's just, you know, I hate doing that, especially, especially this, uh, this early in the process. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm always gonna, you know, I always think when I do that, I'm going to bet with my, with my heart, <laughs> not with my head, but you know, I mean, Alabama is going to be a tough game, but you know, the the what if that I'm going to throw at you, you know, what if we go in there and we shock the world and we're able to upset Alabama? <laughs> well, then I'm going to ask you for lottery numbers right after. Bert. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, I got you, but yeah, you, you know, the, the the thing is, is I mean, I think if you were to kind of set up the schedule to set it up really any way that uh, that you want, I think this thing really does set up somewhat in our favor, right? Because you know, yeah. we have the neutral site game against Alabama, right? We're locked in. We're playing it. Line it up. Let's do it. Let's see what yeah. happens. You know, then you come back and you play four home games against App State, Michigan State, uh, Central Connecticut, which I don't know where that game came from. I'd much rather play like a FAMU or a Bethune or, you know, um, you know, somebody with an awesome band, right? Because we already know we're going we're gonna to crush the team when we play them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we come back and then we start the ACC schedule off with Virginia. Really have a really long layoff, two and a half weeks before we go up to uh, up to – UNC you know come back and then it really they the games alternate home and road every yeah. week for the, the remainder and it's all Saturday games so you know as we close out the season the back half of the schedule you know it really kind of falls into place pretty nice right so I think you know with the four home games that gives us an opportunity to get uh, you know to get our stuff together right um, you know and probably lick our, lick our wounds after the Alabama game um, UNC is going to be tough, but, you know, we should go into that, uh, you know, believing that we can win and, you know, go up there and get a W. And then uh, we, sh- we should believe that we can win, but I mean, I, I have a hard problem or like I, ha- I have a hard time just like assuming that we're going to win that game based on what Mac Brown and Manny Diaz, like the history between the two. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot there that, uh, you know, look, man, he's got, uh, man, he's got, owned by by mac both times right <laughs> you know the yeah. second game of got uh, owned the first time he got obliterated the second time <laughs> yeah it, it was not pretty um you know in the, in the last week of this year yeah it, but, it's uh, tough it's tough when you have a game where you watch one drive and uh, and you're ready to bet money on the outcome of the game and and that's the type of game that we had last year against north carolina and i mean there's a lot of mental there's a lot of mental that goes in into rivalries. You know, I, I think Miami and North Carolina is kind of a budding rivalry right now. Um, yeah. And dude, like, even though they're from a roster standpoint, they're kind of taking a step back. Um, how could like, they hate us, dude. they're owning us on the mentals right now, man. 
Oh yeah. So it, they had for a while. Yeah. Really, yeah, the whole time in the ACC. Yeah. You know, back to Marquise Williams. You know, putting the U upside down. Oh. Walked in for a touchdown. Um. So that stretch, yeah. though, that three-game stretch at North Carolina, NC State at home, and then at Pitt Panthers. That is a rough stretch. Um, credit to Manny Diaz in that. Um, last year we did not have a problem where we lose a game and then we stumble on a three-game skid, right? That has been a problem that has infected the program across four coaches. Last 10 to 12 years, we've had a problem with that, no matter who's coaching, right? Um, This last season, I mean, I I guess you could argue that it happened with losing the North Carolina game and then stumbling into the the bowl game, right? Um, But we... We lost to Clemson, then we picked it right back up. Yep. So credit to Manny there, but that, as a, a diehard Hurricanes fan who's had his heart broken many a time, I look at that three-game stretch, and I say we lose bad to North Carolina. Well, I've been a Hurricanes fan long enough to know <laughs> that that could turn into a three-game skid pretty easy. Yeah. Well, that could that could turn into an even worse than a three-game skid if you know, if if history's told us anything. When we start to you know yeah. we lose that first, uh, you know that that first domino falls. So, yeah. you know, look here's here's the thing though, right? And you know, I look at it and I know that um, you know the team's had you know major major critics, especially the way that we lost to North Carolina and then you know the way we played the first half against Oklahoma State in the bowl yep. game. So, you know, a lot of those opinions are warranted, so I'm not going to discount anybody's opinion. But what I'm going to say is when I look back at Manny's first two years and the direction that the program's headed, you know, we're in the right direction, right? You know, recruiting's doing okay. Um, you know, we're bringing some good players in. Yeah. You know, the, the momentum of the – you know, we had a really good, you know, really good season overall when you look at yeah. it, you know, an eight and three as I think probably exceeded most people's expectations, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, most important per- – you know, position on the field, De'Ara King, superstar, uh, well, star, you know, maybe, you know, hopeful he can go to a, to a superstar level uh, yeah. this next year. Uh, you know, offensive line can actually turn pretty good this year as well. I mean, okay. Zion Nelson's starting to get a lot of attention. Yep. So we're, we're going to see, man. I mean, it'll, I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, we're losing, we're losing our two best defensive players. A um, little bit concerning, you know. Um, sure. Yeah, and, and so I'm I'm hopeful because you're right. It, it's hard to argue. Like if you chart our last two seasons, there's an upward trajectory. Now, yep. you know, you could argue all day about how steep that trajectory is. I I would probably have it more shallow than a lot of people because um, I don't think we played very well against bad teams last year. Um, but it's up, it's up nonetheless. Like there's no disputing that. Right. It'll just be interesting to see. I mean, you know, Mark Richt, Mark Richt's third year did not go as planned. <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't. You know, you look back to that year, man. And I remember the, uh, the red bandana game we were playing at Boston college. Yeah. And I just remember watching it. And of course, you know, I'm pissed off and I'm mad the whole time that I'm watching yeah. it. Right. But I, I just remember looking at Rick and being like, this is last season. There's no way this guy's coming back, you know, yeah. just because 
you know, when I was texting with a few other buddies, you know, and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, he's, he's locked in. He's locked in. We're, yeah. we're going to be dealing with this for a while. And then as soon as the season ended after that uh, embarrassing fashion to Wisconsin and New York city, yeah. you know, he was out. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know. I, I think Manny is Manny's own actions has put a lot of pressure on himself for this sure. year. And uh, so it's very, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. You know, like I, I'm not, I'm not prepared to say that one thing's going to happen or another. Um, but what we do know is that Manny's actions has, has pointed pressure on himself. And uh, like, that's how we're going to have to assess the program after this year is over. Yep. So. Spot on, man. Spot on. You know, you you do you mentioned the the we're losing our two best defensive players in, in Roche and Phillips. Yeah. You know, I, I am kind of excited for what's what's behind there, and I think that you know, uh, I mean, I don't think we're talking enough about the kid from Tennessee about uh, DeAndre Johnson that's coming in. You know, I think if you watch that kid's tape, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of tools to you know to, to really get after the quarterback. Um, you know, and of course, Jafari Harvey, I mean, you know, he's been a, a freak of nature since he's, since he got to campus here, right? Like when you look at him, I mean, physically he's, you know, he's built like, you know, he's just a monster when he's out, you know, the way he's built out there. You know, honestly, our, you know, our, our, our guest earlier and Zach McLeod, you know, I think he is going to really thrive with a position change to defensive end. You know, um, Zach's I, really got a great head on his shoulders. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think just, uh, you know, evaluating Zach as a, as a prospect um, and, and saying here's what he's good at from a physical standpoint, here's what he's not good at, I, I think his physical attributes line up more with a defensive end position anyways. Um, sure. So, uh, so I am more ex- – you know, I'm very excited to see what he can do at defensive end. Um, I think though, you know, kind of the argument is like, well, we didn't have drop off when Greg left. Well, it's because our best player two years in a row was a defensive end. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think many people are going to predict that again, next year, a defensive end is our best player. So there's going to be, some yeah. Drop-off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, look, there, there probably will be right. But, you know, I think, uh, I'm really excited about Jess Simpson coming back because I think, yep. you know, he did an incredible job teaching uh, the defensive line. I think he, you know, I said it before, yep. but I think he pulled the monster out of Gerald Willis when he was out there. So, <clears throat> so hopefully, you know, some, the same thing can happen yeah. with uh, with Nesta in, in, in his final year I here. So. And, I hope uh, so, man. But unfortunately, yeah. Bird, we are uh, – we're all out of time, man. So oh. it's been a fun two hours here. We've had some good interviews. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Derek Coe had to – had to bounce just a, a touch early. Uh, but, I mean, fun episode of King Gang, man. It was great, man. Yep, yep. Shout out to our interviews, man. Zach McLeod, or a little senior, or a little junior, man. It was incredible Absolutely. day for us. Absolutely. So, you guys have been listening to King Gang Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, uh, Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Catch you next week. King Gang. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.